Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, the road to contention continues on, Gordon. We're going to let you hear from an interview uh, I had a chance to do with Ed Davis today. It's brought to you by Divi, the modern financial platform for business. So you can sp- uh, see how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. That's Divi with two Vs, getdivi.com. Before we hear from Ed, I just want to, you know, Austin has a real gift for taking two words and contracting them into one. And when we come back from break, he says, go ahead. But that's not the way he says it. It's a real skill. How do you say it, Austin? Uh, I say it like a New Yorker, actually. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hmm. There's a, I like it. It just saves time, but now we're talking about it, oh, so it's sorry. not right. Okay, time. well, let's get to the business at hand then, Ed Davis. Go ahead. I had a chance to <laughs> talk to Ed Davis, who I think is, is going to be extremely important, Gordon. We've talked about why Did in the past. Did you my nickname past him? Uh, I didn't remember. What, what was Ed's... Wasn't it one yes, or something? The it. one and done or no, something? No, it was no, no, no. It was ED. Oh yeah, that's right. I do Why? I I'm sorry, Austin. I I should have known better. That you can't blame that on me. Yeah, but, I can. You no, know, yeah. I did not run your nickname by him. Okay. No, All right, I, just wonder. I did not. Okay. Uh, here is our conversation from earlier today. Countless hours practicing. An 82-game regular season. Off the Donovan, and he packs it! Three playoff rounds. Rudy Gobert with a left hand hammer. All for one goal. A shot at the NBA title. The Big Show has you covered every step of the way. This is the road to contention on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, and we're here with uh, Ed Davis uh, as uh, the Jazz get ready to complete their final two preseason games and get into the regular season. Ed, how are you feeling about your game, and how are you feeling about the fit into the team so far? I'm feeling good. You know, uh, got a couple, you know, preseason games down our down our belt, so you know, just want to keep, you know, um, learning and you know, understanding coaches' principles and you know, getting comfortable with. You know, playing with, you know, different guys and, you know, just looking forward to, you know, finishing out, you know, preseason, getting ready for the regular season, the real thing. What's it been like adjusting to Quinn Snyder? Has it been a lot different than the coaches you played for in the past? Yeah, for sure. He's a, he's a little more, um, you know, detailed and, you know, he has a some of his, his terminology is a little different. So once you pick that up, you're fine. But, you know, um, I appreciate the, you know, the attention, the detail and, you know, the, the, the discipline that he preaches. You know, Rudy Gobert is a one-of-a-kind player and, you know, best defensive player on the planet in the past couple of years. And your role is going to be filling those shoes when he needs a breather or can't go or whatever the case may be. Uh, how comfortable are you in that role? Uh, I mean, I've been a, a backup five for, you know, these last, you know, four or five years. So, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable in the role. And, you know, like I said, you know, I'm just, you know, when he's out, you know, and I, I got to, you know, fill him for him. I'm just trying to, you know, um, you know, bring that energy and, you know, um, don't want it to be a drop off, you know, when he comes out the game and I come in and, you know, just be ready to go every night. 
Uh, the pick and roll is such a big deal on this team. Are you looking forward to getting some of those lobs and some of those balls at the rim for yourself? Oh, you're damn right, man. La- last couple years, man, I've been playing with guys that don't throw lobs. So, you know, whenever you got a coach that's preaching, then, you know, that's like it's like music to my ears, man. That's like when I'm at the house and I, and I tell my kids I got candy, man, they go crazy. All right, so last time I had a chance to have a one-on-one with you, uh, I, we talked about your rebounding and how good it is, and I asked you for your secret, and you wouldn't give it up. Are you ready to give up your secret to the rebound now? No, nah, I, I can't give it up until I send my papers into the to the NBA, man, for retirement. <laughs> I give it to the you know teammates, Tony, guys like that, but you know I gotta I gotta hold those cards close. How is this team uh, as a whole going to be on uh, on the boards this year? Oh, uh, I mean, I think that you know we're, we're going to be fine. You know. Um, I feel like we're going to play, play small at times, too, you know, and that's when, you know, me and Rudy definitely have to, to lock in and be more aggressive. But, you know, um, you know, all last year, you know, I played with, you know, four guards. So, you know, I'm used to, you know, having to, you know, be extremely aggressive on the, you know, the defensive end just because, you know, playing smaller and make my got to box out, you know, two guys in one possession, things like that. So the preseason, we all know, is for working on things, and these games don't matter, and, and sometimes you can't take a lot from them. But in last week's games against Milwaukee and New Orleans, it seemed to me that you guys played so much better against New Orleans, and the regular rotation was going for, through the three quarters. And, of course, against Milwaukee, you were missing some guys. But what do you think was the difference between those two games? It seemed to cook a little bit more. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, over time for us, you know, the more we play together, the more, you know, you know we start to look, look better and, you know, just – like just in the in the starting five, you know, how much time have you know Mike and Donovan played together, or Mike and and, um, and both? So, you know, it's going to take time. You know, um, it's going to be some games in the regular season where we're not going to look as as Chris as as some games, but you know. Um, it's not about, you know, winning November and December, you know. It's about, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball come April, May, and June. So that's just our main focus, you know. It, it doesn't happen overnight, you know. You can't win, Like I said, you can't win a championship before All-Star break. So, you know, it's just a process and we can't um, skip steps. You know, you guys get to know each other, I'm sure, so much more on the road, spend more time together. This was uh, You're coming off your first road trip. What do you think about the group? What do you think about the guys? I mean, we got a, you know, a bunch of cool guys, you know. Um, you know, I, I never had a problem with, you know, getting along with teammates. So, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to, you know, growing some more and, you know, getting to, to know some of these guys, you know, you know, outside of basketball, you know, seeing what they're into and, you know, things they invest in and, you know, stuff like that. You know, just, just regular, you know, everyday common, you know, people stuff that people do, you know, just out, just taking basketball away sometimes. Uh, what coach should they have you working with? Uh, I work with um, Ghana a lot. How's that going? Uh, it's going well. You know, um, I always appreciate when I can work with a, you know, a former player, you know, let alone, you know, a guy that, you know, been in the NBA, you know, been through the ups and downs and, you know, you know, some stuff that, you know, he, some stuff and, you know, knowledge that he has, you know, no other coach on the staff can teach me. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's going to help me a lot this year. Uh, you got the Kings tonight. What do you know about them? And uh, are you looking forward to playing? Um, yeah, I mean, well, like preseason, honestly, man, it's, it's just more about us. You know, if we go out tonight and we lose by five, you know, it's, it's not going to make a difference come the regular season. So 
you know, it's just more about focusing on us, getting more crisp, and, you know, um, obviously, you know, Coach will do some funny stuff with the rotation because he's trying to figure things out. So, you know, it's not more on the scoreboard. It's more how we're playing and, you know, are we executing the game plan? Are we locked in on coverages and things like that? So, like I said, you know, for the fans that's at home, you know, it's, it's more about us than, you know, the scoreboard in a preseason game. And finally, before I let you go, how do you view, you know, the start of a new season? You're, you're a veteran. You've been doing this for a long time now. Is it is it excitement? Is it focus? How do you view the beginning of the of the journey? Uh, I mean, me, me, you know, just being my 10th year, you know, um, early in my career, you know, I always like look down the line like, all right, we got this game, this road trip. So now, man, I, honestly, man, I just take it, you know, one day, one practice at a time. You know, I, I'm not even thinking about the regular season. I, I'm thinking about we got the Kings tonight. Then after that, we got, you know, practice tomorrow. You know, um, the season is too long and too stressful to be worried about two weeks, three weeks down the line, man. Like, I, I, I just take it just one day at a time, man. That's the only way that I can, you know, get through this, this season, you know, mentally, you know, through the ups and downs is just focus at one day. Well, Ed, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. I can't thank you enough, and good luck. Oh, I appreciate that, man. All right, there you go. That was Ed Davis, Jazz Backup Center, again brought to you by Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See who can spend smarter at getdivi.com. Uh, Ed's looking forward to some of those lobs. Oh, man, Gordon, I'm glad that's where you went because that, that really stood out to me. As soon as I started mentioning the lobs, you could, and you could hear it in his voice right there, he's going, oh, yeah. And it, isn't it interesting? He's been, his last couple of stops, they don't let their guys throw lobs. And so now that it's actually encouraged, yes, I think he's pretty excited. Well, look, what are the Jazz going to do offensively? They're going to hit threes and they're going to dunk balls. Which right? is the analytical uh, analytics goal that's if it, you talk to those folks. That's it. Yep. I mean, th- there are different ways of creating those opportunities, but that that is that's the end game here. And Quinn doesn't make any real secret about that. Three is more than two. And he's got a bunch of shooters now who can make those shots. And uh, I'd say that Rudy and Ed and Tony and Jeff or who else is going to be getting those lobs are going to get a whole lot of easy baskets because that's what Quinn wants to see the offense create. Three is more than two, but the dunk is still the best shot in basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really kind of the idea. David dropped an interesting stat asking uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, and and good for David because this I think this tells a lot actually that the Jazz have only made two threes off the dribble in the preseason so far oh really so I mean what you can get there is they're creating open threes for guys in the right spot yeah yeah and it makes all kinds of sense not only from an efficiency standpoint but what happens when a team gets a dunk what happens when a team hits a three there is what an emotional lift Mm -hmm. right it fires your team up. So you have that bonus on top of the other things. Makes a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah, and if the floor is spread, that those dunks should come more often. Yep. And uh, obviously Rudy led the league last year. He's going to lead it again. I think he will, too. I think he'll break his own record. And you wait and see. Ed's going to get a lot of them, too. And I don't know, Tony Bradley, how much time is he going to get, by the way? I, I still think it's going to be... Like picture Epe Udo from last year. I think it's still really? going to be somewhat sporadic. A yeah, spot duty. Because cause Tony Bradley has gotten better. I think that much is evident in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He's looked really, really good, but he's still not better than Ned Davis. Mm. Okay. But they don't need him to be. They really don't. They just need him there in case. Yeah. Good point. And he's good enough to play that role, I he think. Is. Yep. 
I agree. Or, or at least that's how he's showing through summer league. And he had another good game against New Orleans. He's been really solid. Now he's playing against other guys that are scrapping to make the team. I, I got that. But you're not asking him to be your starting center either. Yeah. You just need him to be good enough, especially defensively, that if he's called upon, he can't sink the ship. He's got to be good enough that, that he can lock that position down. And it's probably not going to be for long, but they, they, when they need him, he needs to be ready to go. Nobody can make up for when Rudy Gobert's not in the game. Now, I know Derek Favor said some nice moments last year and in the playoffs and whatnot, but when Rudy's not on the floor, the basket is much more vulnerable. And with Ed, it, that's that's going to be the case. Even though I think he's pretty good, right? it's still going to be the case. Yeah, because Rudy Gobert doesn't grow on trees. I mean, he's it's just there aren't very many who can do what he does. And so there is a little drop-off, but... In the scenario that you just painted, uh, these guys are useful, and they'll need to be because Rudy can't play every minute. And the second uh, in the regular season, especially the second unit, is going to have to play well for the Jazz to accomplish what they want to. And that's one of the. I don't want to you know if you want to say full blown question mark, Gordon, but that's one of the things that there will be interesting to see play out. Who is involved in those bench lineups, and how effective can they be? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Quinn's looking for right now. Because you can't at, you can't just stop scoring the ball once your your bench unit comes in. Yeah. And you but, can't leak like a sieve either. But what was happening when you've seen Ed Davis on the floor? You've seen him try to replicate some of the things that Rudy does. Setting screens, rolling to the basket, what you asked him about. He's tried to do that in the preseason games. I'm sure in practice they're doing it all the time. And he's got a rebound. That's probably his most important role in the team. He's got a rebound. Well, he's he's pretty darn good at that. That's his specialty. Yes, and he is. still won't uh, he give won't up. Tell you how he won't give up the secret, the wonder, art of the I, rebound. I wonder if he doesn't have it. I wonder if it's instinctual. Oh, I bet you if if you're that good a rebounder and, and dial up his rebounds per minute. By the way, numbers. I mean, he's yeah. through the roof. You you figured some stuff but out. But some of the stuff is is uh, is timing. You can't coach timing, can you? Oh, sure. I think you can coach all that stuff. Where to be when the shot timing? goes up. What do you mean? Jump now. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Jump now? Jump what now. What kind of coaching is that? Then. <laughs> you were late there. Not then. Now. <laughs> when? Let's go back to... Soon. When then is now. <laughs> Uh, well, all right, we're going to let you hear some highlights from Coach Witt's press conference coming up next. But right now, our friend Mike from Any Hour Services is uh, with us. And, and Mike, uh, I've, I've always kind of been curious about this. Do your techs come back with, with cool stories from the field? I bet they see some interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're walking around and, you know, overhear them talking shop, you, you hear all kinds of things. Um, like what? Well, I mean, you hear funny stories from, like, you know, usually they're trying to, like, play up, like, oh, this was so hard, I'm so tough, oh, only I could have done this. Sometimes you get, like, you know, finding, you know, rodents in the oh, equipment yeah. or birds nesting in the stuff and, like, you know, 
diagnosing a uh, a really bad smell and finding something. But, but I mean, he had to he had to reach in there with his bare hands, right? right? And tear like we it don't loose. provide him gloves or something. <laughs> like oh, I had to use my teeth. <laughs> they don't. I hope they don't do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but no. Uh, but then on the other side of that, I mean, you get the, you know they're they're doing a lot of stuff like you know helping people on the sides of the road. The the most extreme story that I've heard uh, was we had a technician, uh, Bowen Wheeler. He was out at a customer's home. It was an elderly lady, and she had a heart attack while he was oh, there. Oh, and he called 911 and like performed CPR wow. and like kept her alive until the paramedics got there. And like that story to me was just like, holy cow. Like, I, I don't know how I would, res- I hope I would respond and do the same thing that he did, but like, how shocking would that be? And like, just their, their training. I mean, we try and, you know, teach them to do stuff, but that's like, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. We, we think the stories, we think that what the technicians do day in and day out is so cool. In the marketing department, I actually decided to create a, uh, a weekly vlog where I have a videographer meet the technician at their house and ride with them throughout the day. And all they're doing is just documenting what happened. They film them all day long and they catch some of the funny stuff and you know and helping people out and stuff and we turned it into a, a weekly series that we release on Facebook and YouTube and if you were to go to anyhourservices.com on the homepage there's actually a link to our vlog where you can actually it's we've got it broken up into like uh, electricians plumbers you can see what a day looks like if you want to see what an HVAC tune-up actually looked like and guys out in the job you can go and check that out but we're on like episode 64 or something like that we've been doing it for over a year now awesome. and it's I got a question. I got a question about yeah. that. It, it, given that it's Halloween season now, I mean, has, have any of your technicians ever dealt with any hauntings? Um, <laughs> I have not had them tell me that specifically. Now okay. we do have. They're some, just crawling through basements and stuff. I just wonder. We we do have some homeowners sometimes that think that their furnace is possessed, but uh, <laughs> we we have not had to exercise any HVAC equipment. Oh, but uh, all right, all right. We're talking about this <laughs> twenty nine point uh, preseason furnace tune up. Yeah, what what are some of the things you're looking at? So um, we really we want to make sure that it's operating the way that manufacturers uh, intend. And we've talked about this before. The, the the funny way that I like to say it is that we still heat our homes by piping gas into a metal cabinet in the basement and lighting it on fire, right? And so we want to make sure that we go through the burner assembly. We check the uh, igniter, the flame sensor, uh, the jets that propel the gas into the heat exchanger. We're checking the heat exchanger for cracks. Uh, we're making sure that stuff is venting properly. Actually, on last week's episode, there was a technician. He was performing a tune-up, and he was getting insanely high levels of carbon monoxide outside the home where it is exhausting. It was maxing out his meter at over 2,000 parts per million, wow. and he goes inside the house. He's like, okay, this isn't good. There wasn't a leak inside, but there was some adjustment that had gotten out, and as part of that tune-up, he was able to adjust it and get it back in line where it needed to be. And then it was back down to 19 parts per million, which is a safe range there. But anyway, so we go through all of that stuff. Normally, we charge $99 to go through the system the way that we do. And we document everything we find. We educate you on the condition of the system. We try and give you any early warning signs if something's going to break. We perform what we call a heating ability test where we try and simulate how it's going to act on one of those really cold nights. Anyway, it's super thorough. This isn't a 20, even though you're paying $29, this is not a $29 tune up. This is the full, full deal. 
So all you got to do tonight is call before the show ends and lock in a time that's good for you. Schedule whenever's most convenient. But if you want to get that $29 price and lock in that $70 savings, call right now while you're thinking about it. Call any hour services right now. That's $70 savings on a 29-point preseason furnace tune-up, normally $99, only $29, 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, we're, we'll hear highlights from Coach Witt coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Frank Dolce. I think the best thing that happened to Tyler Huntley is Andy Ludwig showed up at the University of Utah. It feels like he's completely aligned with the way that Coach Ludwig is managing the offense. It's just a really good combination of a guy who's had to struggle at the quarterback position and try and figure it out, and then having the right guy land at the right time in his career, and everything came together. There's a really good understanding of what the offense wants to do and what what Tyler Huntley is being asked to do. All of those guys are being coached really well, and clearly they're executing the game plan very well. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about Diamond Airport parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport uh, parking lot. Diamond Airport parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport parking since 1922 off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Also want to remind you to listen this Wednesday for a Win Ticket Wednesday. This is a big one, Gordon. Your chance to win tickets to Guns N' Roses. All Guns right. N' Roses is bringing their uh, successful not-in-this-lifetime tour to Vivint Smart Home Arena Tuesday, October 29th. Get ready to rock as reunited rock icons Axel, Slash, and Duff make their unbelievable return, set to perform 150-plus shows for over 5 million fans in stadiums, arenas, and as part of festivals worldwide. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. All right, should we hear a little from Coach Witt? Let's do it. We talked about how well Tyler Huntley has been playing as of late. Um, we uh, There was a question asked that compared him to Alex Smith, and so Witt was asked if there were any sil- similarities between the two. Yes, I think there there is a lot of similarities, and there is similarities anytime you know the, the really good players and the guys that are you know are performing exceptionally well, or typically are guys that are preparing well during the week and watching extra film and doing things in the preparation process that, that enable them and allow them to to be successful on Saturday. And so I think you know when I th- think back to Alex, it was a long time ago, but but when he was here, same type of work ethic and the same type of preparation that went into his game week. Tyler's doing a lot of the same stuff. If you can be over sixty five percent, you're pretty good. You're 
throwing the ball accurately and to be 75 is off the charts good and I don't know where that is in the nation but it's, it's got to be up there in the top two or three I would guess you know we now have a whole half of a season body of work to evaluate and that's you know to be at, at this juncture in the season to be at that level and his efficiency rating just throwing the ball is like one it's leading the Pac-12 180 something and so he is he's <laughs> I can't give him enough accolades right now of how much he means to our team and how well he's playing but he's got to keep it up you know we got six games left I think you know he, he knows this is his last opportunity and going into his senior year and has been a little frustrated the last couple of years with the injuries and not being able to, to finish the season and I think he was determined first of all to finish the season that was that was one of his first and foremost goals uh, he still has he's kept the weight on he's still 200 pounds plus and uh, so that's a positive Andy has definitely meshed with Tyler They've, they're a good match I mean they they just seem to be in sync with each other they, they're and Andy was you know excited about Tyler all during the offseason about how athletic he was and what kind of things he was going to create in the offense for him specifically and that's happened and Tyler has embraced that and done a great job with everything that he's been asked to do I think uh, Kyle said it all right there. He is playing great, and he's doing exactly what Kyle wants his quarterback to do, which is namely be efficient, be accurate, and do not turn the ball over. Well, and stay healthy. I mean, it's been a big deal for Tyler Huntley throughout his career, and you heard him say that that was one of his goals, part of the reason he put on that weight. And I, I remember you even wrote a column about this back in the day, Gordo, but that was one thing about Alex Smith. He stayed on the field. Yeah, he he played that whole 4 season, and he even uh, took a hit or two along the way. But he, he was, was able to like twelve carries a game, I think. And, and so he was in the pocket getting hit, and he was running the football as well, and it didn't slow him down. And it seems like Tyler Huntley's done a nice job avoiding some of those hits and and that sort of thing. Um, but he poses a threat. See, and that's what makes it so hard on defenses. He can run if he chooses to. But he's kept his head up a lot better yeah. this year. Um, outside of a couple of games, USC had a tough time. But it, like I said at the time, he was running for his life. But he's he's finally a, a quarterback first. I agree. And then use, mm-hmm. utilizes his other abilities when the, the time arises. And you wait and see. Speaking of time arising, there will be moments down the stretch where the Utes need him to utilize his athleticism. And he'll pick up a big gain on a key play because he can when he needs to. But he, I, I, you're right, Andy Ludwig is teaching this kid to be a quarterback. All right, up next, uh, of course, the Utes in the offseason, or last season, I suppose, had recruited uh, quarterback Jaden Daniels, who ended up at Arizona State, and he gets the start as a true freshman. And Gordon has played pretty well. Yes, he has. One on the road at Michigan State in his first start on the road and did so in comeback fashion where he had to score at the end of the game. I mean, he's had some moments. The The offense has been good at times and not so good at times, but he, he seems like he's – pretty cut out to be a D1 college quarterback at the Pac-12 level. And here's Coach Witt uh, talking about how to stop Jaden Daniels. He's mobile. He has escapability, and he has hurt people with that, and and come up with some really timely conversions and making first downs with his legs. And we've just got to do a good job of you know trying to balance the pass rush, stay in your lanes, and try to keep him in the cage like we do. You know, every mobile quarterback. There's some quarterbacks you want to get on the run because they're not very good on the run. They don't throw as well. They're not a threat to run the football. But not this guy. He's he's good on the run. And so we've just got to be disciplined and and structure some things to try to keep him in that pocket. When you hear Kyle Whittingham talk, do you think there's a whole bunch of stuff that's escaping him? No. I think he's pretty much on top of uh, most details. 
Yeah, he's dialed in, and he doesn't necessarily like scheming against mobile quarterbacks, and you can you can hear that concern and that he's preparing for it. It's a wild card factor, and he knows that he knows that, and and he's got one too. So it'll be but they wanted this kid bad. Oh yeah, they absolutely did, and he went to Arizona State. I mean, if you look into his recruitment a little bit, he he wanted to play, he wanted to get on the field, and uh, the Utes probably could promise him that next year he'll he'll be able to compete for the job. But he wasn't going to unseat Huntley. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's all true. And the Utes wanted him, and they wanted that Benjamin kid too. I mean, these guys are are great players that the Utes were in the running to uh, to get uh, up on the hill. So, I mean, now they have to face them head to head, and it's not easy. Jaden Daniels, real quick, Gordon, he's competing, uh, completing sixty three point one percent of his passes, which is not bad, certainly for a freshman. For a freshman, yeah. Uh, Nine point one yard uh, yards per per completion, eight touchdowns, one interception. For a freshman, that is that's, really that's good. Yeah, a true freshman. And he's taken sixteen sacks, which maybe a, a tad high. So he's probably like most freshmen, holding the ball a little longer than he should. But that's not bad, and it and it he does not make a ton of mistakes, and so yeah he'll be a, he'll be a challenge for Utah. I don't know uh, if he'll be as much of a challenge as Eno Benjamin, but he's going to be a challenge. At what point do you think a quarterback hurts his team by uh, by by not throwing by not risking the interception? We mentioned we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, but you know what I mean. Is that because a guy may not throw it, but he may he may hurt his team in other ways? Well, the, taking the, sacks, etc. Well, here's the thing: the the problem with that line of thinking is, uh, okay, yeah, you prevent mistakes, and you know it's a conservative outlook, and I got that. But you also kind of limit what the potential could be, right? I mean, if you if you refuse to take risks, then right, that's you, the, the you're leaving. Yeah, no, I I I'm I'm trying to kind of funnel through it because yeah. you leave those big plays on the board. Mm-hmm. But yet if you if you turn the ball over, you know, if you look at the statistics, the likelihood of you winning a football game when you turn the ball over three times, they're crazy low. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, look uh, over the history of Utah quarterbacks. I mean, they've they've all tried to to balance that to Kyle's wishes. And sometimes it's been catastrophic and sometimes it's been really good. I mean, in Tyler Huntley's case, 3 years in this system and he's making the right decisions. You know, he's probably still thinking don't turn the ball over, but he's had so much experience he can take a few more of those risks, and they're not all that risky, right? There have been quarterbacks in that system through the years that have thrown it five yards out of bounds to make sure that uh, an interception is not in the cards. Let me, let me put it this way. Maybe this is a bad example because the Beavs were, were so bad defensively. But with Travis Wilson as the quarterback, I don't see Witt allowing – him to dial up a pass like that on fourth and seven, where they're going for the goal line and he's throwing into good coverage and it has to be right on the money. You know, well, it had been it had been absolutely <laughs> just reiterated into Travis Wilson's uh, mind not to turn the ball over, and it's and, all he could think. Of. That's how he played. That's and, all he yeah, could think he about. He played like he was not. That was his number one goal, not to turn the ball over. I'm sure the same message has been given to Huntley, and I think we've seen it have that effect in the past. But now, I think he's seen it's kind of he's seen it all, and he's confident in it. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's like that that pass we were talking about to to Nakua. If he underthrows that, yeah. that's an interception. But he put the ball right where it needed to be and yeah. knew where it couldn't be. Right. 
So he can execute and be smart at the same time. And so it's not so much a risk for senior Tyler Huntley like it would have been for sophomore Tyler yeah. Huntley. Yeah. Or well, so. senior Travis Wilson, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not to, I'm not trying to bag on Travis, no, no. but I think I mean, you understand what yeah. I'm getting at. I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a huge compliment to Tyler Huntley. Huge compliment to him. All right, uh, one more. Let's get to this. One thing Utah needs to work on, that would be penalties. It does bother us. I think we're, I think, you know, last time we had this discussion, we're, we're about 15 or 20 yards too many a game penalty-wise. But, uh, you know, we are an aggressive team. We play aggressive coverage on the outside in the secondary, which is going to lend itself to a, a few more potential calls out there. But we got to clean some things up. And we're not, we're, we're, we got to play cleaner than we have. And that's something that you always got things to work on. And that is certainly one of the things we need to work on, is uh, trying to become less penalized. And maybe some of the ones that are just so unnecessary, like the Orlando Orlando Umana ejection where he was cleaning up a pile and he <laughs> speared that guy right in the ear hole. Yeah. I mean that that that's a mistake. Being aggressive is one thing. That's just kind of not thinking there mm-hmm. temporarily. Mm-hmm. Because that had no impact on the play. It was completely unnecessary and absolutely did lower his head. And ear hole a dude. I mean, that that didn't need to happen. That's going to hurt you somewhere along the way. Right. That's that's especially in a big because the Utes have big games coming up, and they're going to have to be be on top of everything. And uh, an untimely penalty here and there is enough to. If you're in the Pac-12 championship game, that could derail you. Yeah, at the same time, though, I want to, I will say this. The Pac-12 ref is going to Pac-12 ref. <laughs> in that game, did you notice this? It, it, was it in the first quarter or certainly in the first half where Jalen Johnson got called for a pass interference where it was just kind of your normal hand stuff? I mean, nothing nothing egregious gets called for it. And then they, they probably looked at the replay and like, oh, well, that wasn't so great. Then I swear if it was the next series, I'd be surprised. It was a few plays later. The exact same thing happened. And Jalen Johnson blew, uh, blew up the pass. So it's like, which is it? Is it a penalty? So, is it not a penalty? So, I mean, some of this stuff is just the, the inferior refereeing. Because the scope has been on Pac-12 officials uh, in recent times, are they really worse than other officials in other conferences? Or is it just because we we look for it and we harp on it? Because... Don't officials blow calls left and right all over the place? Okay, yes, but you're like me, Gordon, where you watch a lot of football nationwide. And I I feel pretty confident in the opinion that those are the worst crews in college football. And I'm including Mountain West crews, too, which actually sometimes they overlap a little bit, but not – I mean, it's some of it's so bad. Okay, I was just checking with you because it does seem that way to me, but I, I don't know if it's just because we notice it more. Austin, do you think it's we notice it more or are they truly the, the pits? Uh, I think, well, that's a really good question. I don't want to sit on the fence here, so I'll just say they're actually really, really bad because <laughs> well, they're officials and I hate them. And I don't think it, the, the program has been run particularly well, well in, in football second. or I, basketball. I get that, I get that. But aren't officials officials? I mean, aren't there as good officials along the uh, the Pacific Coast and the, the Intermountain West? I mean, no. Yeah, but uh, who do you employ? And what instruction do you give them? And are you doing it as a favor because somebody knows something? Right. Is this and just how a- much money have you placed on the wager? Right. Exactly. And oh, how much nice. money do you have on the game? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. And and is what- Woody Dixon in town? Is what- this the Donahue School of officiating? Uh, yeah. What what sharp put how much money into your pocket? I mean, 
because what's his name is in the uh, in the uh, booth next door, and he can come over and change a call. Yeah. Woody, what was it? Woody, Woody Dixon is USC playing? You should automatically ask that. <laughs> okay. All right. Pac-12 refs going to Pac-12 ref, Gordon. <laughs> That's what Badly. Okay. All right. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Uh, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt, they've come up with a clinically uh, approved solution for ED using that uh, cryo wave therapy. Our good, they're going to be in studio uh, with Hans and Scotty on Friday from noon to 3, so make sure and check it out with those guys. All right, we'll have Not Sports Sport, then Jazz pregame coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. When I think about Utah going out performing at a quality level, their focus now is really, really good. They never let their foot off the gas. They are playing with that New Year's Six Conference Championship type mentality that you want to see them have. Utah now, it's it's one thing to be that team that can play at a high level. It's another thing to do it with regularity, and I get the feeling that Utah is going to be that team. Tyler Huntley 11 for 11 in the first half. There you go, man. He is just playing the best football he's ever played and it's at the right time with the right coordinator in the right uh, scenarios for Utah to go out there and I think have a special run the rest of the way Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network if you first pitch and Correa lines it deep to right field. Judge is going back at the wall. Looking up. See you later. See you later. See you later. See you later. Astros even the series at a game apiece on the walk-off home run by Carlos Correa in the bottom of the 11th. 3-2, to two, Astros win it. Uh, welcome back. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We've got Jazz pregame coming up next. Real quick, Gordo, uh, before we get to our friend Mike from Any Hour Services, what do you have uh, your eyes on tonight, Jazz Kings? What are you looking for? Uh, two things, really. I want to see more of that offense that was so impressive the other night amongst the frontline players. And do we have any idea how, how long those guys are going to play tonight? Uh, no, no indication maybe that shooting around today. Maybe a little more than a half. Saw three quarters against New Orleans. Yeah. So, so more of that to see it come together, and it's it's kind of like what uh, Ed Davis said to you that, uh, uh, and the quote was, "The more we play together, we'll start to look better." It's going to take time. Uh, he said, "There's going to be some games early in the regular season when we won't look as good, but uh, but uh, they will get crisp. You can't win a championship before the All Star break." So it's a, it's a work in progress. And that defense needs to tighten up, too. I mean, there have been a couple of examples of uh, defensive struggles, at least by Jazz standards. And a lot of that has to do with Rudy Gobert and how much he'll play. Jazz pregame coming up right around the corner. But first, our friend Mike from Any Hour Services is here. We're talking tune-ups with Furnace today as things are getting a little colder out there. How do you know if you need one, Mike? 
Well, uh, I mean, the overly simplistic answer is if you've got a furnace, you need to. It's kind of like, how do you know if you need to change the oil in your car? If you got a car and you're hitting 3,000 miles, right? So, uh, but other, if the older it gets, the more important maintenance is. So, if it's seven, eight, nine years old, you want to make sure you're staying on top of the maintenance. If it's been a couple of years since you've had it done, because sometimes we forget and we just kind of skip over that. Um, if it is. Uh, if it was giving you trouble last year, you know, there were a lot of people towards the end of the winter that were like just kind of crossing their fingers saying, come on, summer, come on. <laughs> and, you know, well, winter's back and whatever issues you were having, they're more than likely those are going to start reoccurring. And so that's a good idea to stay on top of the maintenance. So as well. is, is this the best time of year to get it done? You know, manufacturers don't specify a specific time. You just, as long as you get it done sometime within the season, you know, once a year, then it, it's good. I, from talking to people, we found that the biggest reason people don't get it done is just because it slips their mind and they forget that it's not because they debate like, oh, there is no advantage to maintaining this large piece of equipment that I spent thousands of dollars on. It's it's really like, oh, I should, I want to, I just forget. So I like I say right now while you're thinking about it and while you can save seventy bucks, this is the best time to call and get it done. You mentioned the deal; it's a Gordon Monson stamped approved yes. deal for many hours, and it's services. hard to get those. It is. Those aren't easy, right, Gordo? No. I mean, why should I lower my standards? Exactly. We don't lower ours either. No, I just lower the price. Well... Here's the deal. <laughs> we, we have our 29-point uh, furnace tune-up. We go through the system top to bottom. We make sure all the vital components are working. Uh, we make sure it's running safely, as efficiently as possible. We document everything we find. We leave you with a full written report. If you have got, if you want to stand there and over the technician's shoulder and watch what he's doing and ask as many questions as you want, they're happy to have that done. We leave you with a full written report. Normally, $99 to have this done. It's well worth it at that. And I have to emphasize, this is a $99 service that we're performing. But Zone listeners really are locking in a $70 savings and getting that $99 for only $29. Schedule for whenever's most convenient for you. You just need to call now. Unbelievable I, I, was, I was so impressed I scheduled an appointment you did. myself. You're making it happen. Have you? Uh, not yet. Get, gonna, get on that, I man. do. I, yeah. I simply need to call 801-443-7400. Get on the schedule tonight. Call any hour services right now and save $70 on a 29-point preseason furnace tune-up. $99 value, only $29. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. Any Mike, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Go Jazz. Uh, jazz pregame next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be your same goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing!